Hey, everybody. Welcome to our eighth episode of the Asian Commercial Real Estate Network podcast. We're glad to have you here and can't believe we're on our eighth episode already. And we're also on the eighth month of the year already. So wherever you are, whenever you might be listening to this, uh, please stay safe, healthy, and don't forget to smile. Um, We are very excited to share our episode with you today uh, with somebody who's been a 20-year friend of mine. And so um, we'll actually ask Karina to introduce our very special guest to us today. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Uh, We're excited to have Paul P.K. Kim with us today. And it's a little bit different today because Paul is actually, his background is in the residential space and loan and recruiting uh, in mortgage brokerage. And the reason why it's very exciting to have him is because right now interest rates are record low. A lot of people who want to get into commercial real estate, they start off by investing in residential or house hacking. And I think, you know, Paul can shed light on a lot of what's going on in that space. So welcome, Paul. Thanks for joining us and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Karina. Hey, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Paul Kim. My friends call me PK. I am a preacher's kid. I I represent all the people that fall into real estate. And, um, you know, my friend told me about this job and he was a recruiter for a mortgage lender. And I had already done a lot of sales. I saw him drive a Tesla. I was like, wait, how you doing, bro? You're doing good. And then he's like, yeah, come join me. So I call loan officers, mortgage loan officers all day long. Uh, we use Salesforce. I get to know about them, their families, and what, what they like. And we get rejected all day long. Most loan officers are cool. About once or twice a day, we get a jerk that yells at us for no reason. But um, we're just trying to get them to meet with our VP or our branch manager in case it's not working out. They're not getting enough support. And some of these loan officers right now in this market are doing 10 to $20 million in closed loans a month just by themselves. Normally, a good month is 2 to $4 million, but they're breaking records. This year is the lowest interest rates. It's historic. So I'm learning a lot about this business. I definitely want my kids to learn about real estate and finance. My parents didn't teach me anything. My parents only taught me about God, which is good, but they're the type, just throw the cash under the pillow, under the bed, you know? So I'm learning. I think that's fascinating. You know, you bring up a very good topic that we know to be true in the Asian and Asian American community, right? It's that personal finance lessons from our immigrant parents, very well intentioned. We sort of miss that generational, not just the wealth passing down, but the generational knowledge passing down about how the American mortgage system works, how American personal finance works. Um, what have you, in, in the time that you've been uh, doing mortgage recruiting, and um, I know that Cornerstone where you're currently at is not the first place, um, what are some of the things that you've learned about real estate um, overall as you talk to some of those mortgage brokers um, that you didn't get to learn as, as a kid of immigrant parents? Yeah, my parents, they didn't teach me anything. They're a wonderful parent. They didn't teach me what a credit card was. The first time I got a credit card, I was like, whoa, what is this? Like, I had no, I had no, they didn't teach me about credit score, Roth IRA, IRA, nothing. Just, you know, be, have faith in God and you go to heaven in the end. So, uh, I I, uh, I I talk to all these loan officers that say they want their children to go into real estate only. And they're well off and they've been learning ever since they got out of college, some straight out of high school, some, and, and they're making three, 400,000 a year. And you see other people that are just uh, struggling in so many um, different industries. So it's definitely something where I've learned uh, in this industry where you could pass down in your family through generations. 
uh, also in different companies at different cultures, like the company I'm at, it's definitely uh, like all about uh, like their thing is whole with the servant's heart, you know, it's like def definitely faith-based, you know, have integrity. There's other companies are all about, you know, we party, like we have fun, but then we party hard as well. Like there's, and it's just like every company that it, the leadership matters so much. Yeah, so like in any any industry, those people who make a lot of money and the people who struggle, right? So I'm sure when you're recruiting some of these mortgage brokers who want to get into the business, what are some of the attributes and characteristics that you know you're looking for for someone to become a mortgage broker? Yeah, so I I recruit uh, loan officers. We're only allowed to call the ones that are successful. This whole industry. At first, I felt bad. I'm like, okay, so what what am I doing here? Like, I got into it five years ago. I'm just calling and poaching people. From other companies and bringing them over but then the more i got into it i realized no it's it's good because we keep all the companies accountable it's just like a uh, an nba agent that is talking to other players like hey come join our team you know why because if your team isn't handling their business then you want to come to a better company and so they have recruiters we have recruiters and everybody's calling each other just saying like hey you want to come in and in the end, numbers don't lie. We have data now. Like a lot of people, they try to exaggerate what they do, but now they, they can't. It's just like a long time ago, there was always those people that lied all the time. But now that there's Google, you could just check on their lies. Like we have data that shows, no, this is exactly how many loans you did and the, the amount you did. And now that we have that, it just shows who's a good loan officer or not. And we are only allowed to call loan officers that do at least 12 million a year. So like a million a month, but the good ones do anywhere between 20 to a hundred and now $200 million. They're like they are their own personal bank, their book of business. It's, it's amazing. It's incredible. And they can only do that built off of their reputation over years, decades. You mentioned something earlier that I think is a characteristic of real estate, whether you are a recruiter for a large mortgage bank as, as yourself, or you're a real estate broker on the commercial side, trying to hit the pavement and, you know, build a book of business is the art of the rejection, right? We know that it's a numbers game. And even if you're on the commercial or in the institutional side, you don't win every deal. Nobody does. Right. So, um, what, what are some, you know, uh, lessons that you've learned specifically when it comes to your relentlessness and continuing to, uh, pound the pavement and, and wake up every day excited to make your phone calls and to reach out to people knowing that the majority of those going to end in no's. Yeah, I, I read this book called uh, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Everybody should read it. I, I wish I read it like right out of college. It's about how his dad had him do all these disciplinary things ever since a young age, even working out, getting up early. And those everyday disciplines over a long time matters. It changes. Like that's why he he makes $10 million a year, you know, like Darren Hardy. So it's uh, that, and then having kids makes me realize I, I have no choice. Like, and then doing stand up comedy, I really had an advantage. Like, I've been rejected, I've bombed in front of hundreds of people. So I really don't care, like, about some loan officer saying, Do you know who I am? Google me. You don't know who I am. And he hangs up on me, like, Okay, next, whatever. Like, uh, you know, and then also, like, during my party days, like, I didn't, I, I was like, I didn't care, like asking for a girl's number. And then they said, no, I got rejected so many times. Like I didn't, so it's like, I think that's a really important lesson to teach our youth, especially Asians were, were very timid, afraid of rejection. Um, you know, we really should 
uh, teach our kids, you know, just to build a thick skin. You know, I've been in boiler room situations where a lot of, uh, you know, predominantly the white guys are the ones that are aggressively calling and they don't, they just don't care like next, but I think we're a, a little more, we take it more, more sensitive, you know, so it's, it's good to build that thick skin. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think, you know, I think also a benefit is your positive energy, right? You're just a happy guy. And I think that really does make a difference in taking the rejection because you're not taking it too seriously, right? Like a lot of it is, is it's, it's sales. And, and, you know, so I think the positive attitude that you have, the happiness, the end of that you're like exuding and um, maybe a short memory probably helps you. Right. It's like, don't, you know, forget, forget all that rejection, move on. Right. hundred percent. That Those first five seconds are so important. Like uh, a good trick. If anybody's cold calling, you just say, hello, sir. Is this a bad time? You say it's a, this is a bad time. And they say, no, and you've already given yourself at least a minute because they just admitted, well, yeah, it's not a, yeah, it's not a bad time. So you just told me, and then after that, you say, "How are you?" And then usually they're just trying to get you off. They go, "I'm good," and they go, "How are you?" And right there, I go, "I'm doing great." When you say that, there's part of them because some of them are just like in this miserable, like I just got to get so much tedious work done, that they at least give you a minute, you know, and then you could pitch or just ask them, why are you such an amazing loan officer? <laughs> and then they love talking about themselves. And then usually when they say they're busy, next thing they know, they're talking about themselves for 10 minutes. And, uh, and then you ask them to meet your VP and they're like, all right, I'll meet them. So that, that first, uh, like you said, Karina, like that energy is so important, but can I, I can be honest with you. I gotta be honest with you. I, I hit, I hit my first funk when this pandemic hit and, uh, it just, it's really, it's like, I'm not the type to fake it. And I realized it, it, it affected my calls. Like, uh, I, it just, I couldn't get out of my head and just all the negativity going on in the world and just seeing like, you know, uh, stuff happening in Asian people. And then I just have to, hi, hi. You have to keep that. It's just, it was really hard. I'm coming out of it now, but it took me months. So what did you do to get, this is important for us to talk about in our podcast, because we have people who are in a similar position or a similar situation. Or so what advice, you know, would you give them um, how to just keep going and how to get out of that funk that you described? I, I, just to be brutally honest, I'm really thankful and grateful that I have uh, my direct supervisor, our VP of recruiting is a really good guy. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a team with all Caucasians. And I'm the only Asian. I, I came from another company where it was like black, Middle Eastern, Asian, white. It was like very multicultural to this company. It was just, it's all white in me. So I kind of felt really weird about it. Like a little bit, like, you know, we have our Zoom calls too. I'm the only one. And I'm like, okay, I wonder how people feel. But then I realized they're all really just good people. Like they don't care. They just, as long as, you know, I'm respectful. That's all like, let's just be a good team. And that really helped me a lot. I think over time I saw my boss and they're just kind of like, you know, no, we're, we don't care about like, we, we're on your side. When I was seeing all this racist stuff going on, so it just starts affecting you. And then you start seeing a lot of stuff on the social media of the people that you're calling. We are like, Hey, whoa, what's going on here? So it just starts playing with your mind, but um, you just got to always assume the best in people and not um, like, don't be negative. It, but it's definitely a choice, like a daily choice. I think that's really good advice for all of us, right? Um, it's 
we, we see a lot of our friends too that just uh, I don't I don't know if it's just they you know they try to psych themselves out or but just focusing on the work can help you eliminate you know some of those negative things that we might be exposed to. But it is part of who we are. It is our lived in experience. It's it's what we look like. And then so as you're dealing in an industry that might not be as diverse, or we don't get to see as many people like ourselves, I, I do think those are really wise words, even just for you to admit that it sucked, right? Like we're not living under this fake, you know, everything is happy and everything is friendly. Um, on that note, too, there might be, you know, some younger listeners who might be trying to figure out their first steps into real estate, whether it be residential mortgages or whether it be commercial brokerage or, or anything. Um, and as we know, um, even though the mortgage industry specifically due to uh, suppressed rates and whatnot is doing well relative to the rest of the world, there might be a lot of young folks who might be looking at a lot of different career options to get themselves started. Um, you mentioned that you typically focus to grow your big business on you know, more successful or reestablished folks. Um, but what are some practical tips about you know, joining the mortgage industry as a broker, would you share with somebody who might be just coming out of college or in a situation where they're laid off doing something else and this seems attractive now? Yeah, I would I would advise anybody that wants to get in right, right after college, just get in any way possible. I mean, like whether it's a bank, commercial real estate or a mortgage lender, even if it's a front desk. I've seen, I've seen people start at the front desk reception. So I look at the resume and they became a processor, an underwriter, they're a loan, loan originator. They didn't go to college and they're making 300000 a year. You know, I see my friends that are lawyers that are miserable. They're drunk every night and they're, you know, they, the loan originators make twice as much as them. So it's like, I'm not saying like, don't go to college. I'm just saying like, if, if you want to do it, just get in. Like it's hard right now. We're recruiting people. There's so many people just trying to get in and uh, it's, you need experience to get in. So it's like, you need to take an internship while you're in college or, you know, like some, there's so many places where uh, you could join, you could become a call center rep. You start there and you learn. Um, and, you know, I wish I did. I, I was, I was like selling solar. You know, I did every, I've done everything. I've, so, I've sold computer ink to get by. I've sold, you know, cold calling everything, but I wish I, I was got into real estate way sooner. So PK, what like websites or what practical books or things that like a college student getting out or graduating, like what are some of the websites in your industry that they should be looking at, uh, publications they should be reading, just more like specific things that we could share with our listeners? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if, if you want to become a recruiter, there's a good book called Recruit Rockstars by Jeff Hyman. Really good. He just talks about how, you know, don't just recruit anybody. You have to, it's all about the synergy between all the rock star, uh, this whole recruiting 101 I'm reading. I'm such a dwarf, I'm like reading all these like recruiting books and stuff, but I, like, it's definitely an art and it's really inspirational seeing these people that, you know, started just like me, but they're, they're balling now. And it's because they just grind it every single day. So, uh, those, those two books, and there's a lot of books online about recruiting. Um, but in terms of, uh, I, I used to do be recruited for a staffing agency. If you can, if you can get into any type of recruiting, I highly recommend uh, getting into finance or real estate recruiting because overall, most people are much nicer. When you get into like staffing recruiting, I mean, you then they're not just saying no to you; they're they're really annoyed and angry that you're calling like most of these people. So, I I, I enjoy this much much more than staffing. 
Hey, PK, we, we want to thank you for making time for us. Um, it's late in the evening. All three of us have uh, kids. And, and so we certainly understand, um, especially during COVID times, the challenges of uh, working full time from home and obviously trying to manage family life. And, and for many of our listeners who are listening, um, you know, there's there's a part of PK's life that we just briefly touched upon. And, you know, we as an Asian and Asian American community owe a, a debt of gratitude to PK for starting organizations like Collaboration, like Liberty in North Korea. Um, if you've been to a Asian or a Korean wedding in L.A. in the last 10 years, there's a pretty good chance that he's been your wedding MC. If you've been to a comedy show in Hollywood, there's a good chance that you've seen him on stage. And as, as somebody who's observed him up front and close for the last 20 years, um, the word hustle, and I don't mean the, you know, the Instagram hustle porn kind, but literally just the relentless <laughs> getting up every day and never giving up and trying anything and everything. Um, that's the life lesson that I learned from PK um, being his friend. And I think you've shared a lot of great insight uh, with us and with our audience on, on an industry and a job function that may not be, you know, top of people's minds as they look to get into the real estate industry. Um, but I do think that if you look at the entire machine of what makes the both the real estate and the finance real estate finance world turn, um, it is the finance engine that makes it turn. And you're doing, you know, uh, good work and making sure that people are um, doing that from a, a good place in their heart. So um, we'll, we'll put all the links to where you can find PK uh, for both professional connections and for humor um, as that is that is is a other other role in the world to make us laugh and to smile. So. Um, please do check him out. Um, he's in our group. Um, if you have any questions or if you have any younger folks in your life that you want to introduce him to uh, so that they can learn from him from near and far about the wonderful world of mortgage brokers and recruiting in general. Uh, thank you from all of us for making this time to uh, share a little bit of your knowledge and perspective with us. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Karina. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your authenticity. Really appreciate that.